everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. And we have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to get to everything you need to know regarding the Ohio State Women's Hockey Senior Weekend and what happened with the men's hockey team up in South Bend, Indiana. We'll also get to some Blue Jackets stuff as well. We will then preview a huge game for the Ohio State men's hockey team this week. The face-off on the lake Saturday outdoors in Cleveland. We will talk about all of that. But some other big news came out right before recording this show. The Board of Trustees of Ohio State University are going to be voting to start planning and designing a new ice hockey rink for both the men's and women's teams. We are going to be discussing this gigantic news and everything else in the show. So, without further ado, let's get right into this week's program. Let's now get into this week's focus here on 614 Check. Talking about the Ohio State women's hockey team, we'll start with them in Senior Weekend, which this was a really fun weekend uh, to broadcast on Big Ten Plus. But also, it was just a feel-good weekend of hockey for this women's hockey team. Senior Weekend, the families are in town, there's storylines all over the place. And in both games, we got two players who got their first NCAA career goals. And being able to call both of those and be in the arena and experience how excited the team was for each of those players, it was fantastic. And it was really amazing to see the emotion, the celebrations, and you could just see the entire energy and meaning about this Ohio State women's hockey team how cohesive they are as a team, how close the relationships are between the coaching staff and the players. We saw that last year, and we specifically talked about it with head coach Nadine Mazeral after the Buckeyes won the national championship. She specifically said that the road trip um, when they went to Minnesota uh, State and St. Cloud State, and they had that long road trip, and they went ice fishing and did all these other things. Um, that it really brought the group closer together, and that can create a successful college hockey team. I think we're seeing the exact same thing this year. This is a team that really cares about each other. They have such a close bond. They do a lot of things with each other, and that creates a great team cohesiveness where everyone doesn't care who gets the goals. They're all happy for each other, and they just want ultimate team success. And they're just happy for the team, and they want to do what's best for the team. And when you have something like that, and the players are working towards just a group goal, you're going to have success, and you can see how that translates on the ice. Let's start with this Friday game. It was a 6-1 win uh, for the Buckeyes over St. Thomas, uh, where six different Buckeyes scored. And it was domination on the ice for the Buckeye team, 52 to 15 shots on goal for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Buckeyes killed three penalties, got a shorthanded goal on one of them, and they won faceoffs 39 to 19. So just from the stats there, you could tell that this was a dominating game for the Buckeyes. But it really was the fast starts to the periods. The first, second, and third, the Buckeyes really started off with a lot of shots, quick momentum, 
St. Thomas came back in between the periods here and there. Uh, once they got their power plays uh, and had a little bit of offense, they were getting some nice shots and good opportunities off Amanda Teeley. They weren't really able to get rebound chances, which is something the Buckeyes were doing the other way, uh, which is how they got a lot of their goals in that game. So for the St. Thomas Tommies, they just weren't able to set up in their offensive zone. The Buckeyes were doing a great job of not allowing the Tommies in clearly, and that really helped uh, this Buckeyes team really do a lot of amazing things uh, in this game. And the Buckeyes were really quick. Like I said, at the beginning of this first period, they scored 35 seconds into the game with McKenna Webster um, finishing a great a pass from Jenna Buglioni, and that got the game started and the momentum going for the Buckeyes really quickly, and then 10 seconds into the penalty kill uh, for the Buckeyes, Malte got that uh, shorthanded goal, and St. Thomas then got a goal under three minutes left in the first period, but then the Buckeyes scored four unanswered goals. Hayden Levis got one. Gabby Rosenthal got her third goal in three games. Uh, three games in a row on a goal-scoring streak after coming back. And then it was a huge and amazing part of this game was the freshman at the end. Emma Peschel got the sixth goal, um, and she is, of course, on the national rookie list of the year on the watch list. The fifth goal in this game was where the emotion really came out. Emerson Jarvis got her first NCAA goal. Um, in front of the home crowd, uh, and it was something that I think I will remember for a long time. Uh, she scored at 10.33 in the third period, um, and this is just something, when she scored that goal, you could tell throughout the game, they were trying to give it to Emerson a lot of that night. She had a lot of great shots. They were playing the Tommy, so Nadine Muzzerell and the Buckeyes were playing all four lines, and Jarvis had a lot of different chances and was had a lot of different shots and he finally was able to bury one in that third period and just the emotion from all the veteran players around her jumping on her giving her a hug the bench losing their minds everyone being excited and I got to talk to her after the game and just seeing how much it meant to her um, having a lot of ice time in this game and getting a goal and it was really cool to see how after the last regular season home game of the season for her, finally able to get that goal, a monkey off the back for her. And it's definitely a goal she'll always remember. We saw that the Buckeyes uh, picked up that puck and gave it uh, to Heath, who's the equipment manager for the Ohio State women's hockey team. That was just an amazing sight, and it really capped off that game in a great way for the Buckeyes and gave them momentum uh, that they needed the next day to continue it going for Senior Day, um, which, of course, all the seniors' families were in town. Um, and this was a really special game as well, as the seniors were the star of the show on Senior Day, which is always really cool when that happens. Uh, and the Buckeyes won this game uh, with a 5 nothing shutout. and. The seniors, they had themselves a great day. Let's start with Quinn Coons. She got the start, uh, her third shutout of the season. She's a senior. She got a shutout in front of her parents and her family, um, which she says doesn't happen very often, 
because she is part of a very big family with a lot of siblings, uh, but her parents uh, were there for senior day, and she got a shutout in front of them, which she said was really special. She posted a career 17 saves on the day to get that shutout. Um, and, you know, Jen Garner, she got a goal in this game, uh, and she's a senior, and McKenna Webster, who's not a senior, uh, did help uh, team up with Malte to get uh, Malte uh, a goal, uh, where she was, of course, honored on senior day as well. Um, but seeing all the Buckeye seniors score and get assists and get in on the party on senior day in front of their parents is always a cool thing to see. But the biggest was the best feel-good moment of the weekend. Obviously, had to go to Tegan Grant and end Senior Day in a fantastic fashion. Uh, the Buckeyes were up 4 nothing, but Tegan Grant, who, of course, was a transfer from Wisconsin a few years ago, came to Ohio State as a defenseman. As a senior, has never had a goal in the NCAA. Her parents were there. And the Buckeyes, just like Emerson Jarvis the day before, were feeding her the puck and giving it to her, letting her have a lot of shots. And Keegan Grant has a great shot, and she showed it when she got her first career goal in front of her family. And I got to tell you, following this moment and seeing the emotion from the players, they dogpiled her, threw her on the ice, were jumping in front of her. This bench, uh, which when you're watching Big Ten Plus, Obviously, you can only show one angle at a time. Uh, but while the dog pile was going on, you just saw everyone on the bench was hugging each other, just happy for their teammate. Uh, the coaching staff, Nadine Muzrell, Kelsey Klein, and Peter Olander, they were ecstatic. And everyone was so excited for her. And then the St. Thomas Tommies decided they were going to challenge that goal. We never got the reason. It, I assume it was for goaltender interference. Um, but the goal did stand, uh, and the Buckeyes got to celebrate one more time for Tegan Grant, uh, all celebrating on top of her on the bench. And, um, even during the video review, the players, they were pretty happy. They were dancing to the music, uh, and throwing up their hands in the air and all around. Uh, it was just a great feel-good moment. Um, Tegan Grant was very emotional after the game uh, with her family there and just saying how much it meant to her having it her last regular season game as a senior, um, being at home and getting that goal. And how You could just feel how much it meant to her um, from the post-game uh, interview that uh, we were able to have with her. And it was an incredible moment to witness and the crowd into it as well. And a huge congratulations to both Emerson Jarvis and Keegan Grant on getting the first goals of their NCAA careers, who I'm sure that they are going to remember those for a very long time. Dalton Messina of the men's hockey team got his first goal of his NCAA career as well. We're going to talk about that just in a little bit, uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about the women's hockey team as we are getting really, really close to the end of the season. Um, so let's look at the standings just for a second. Because um, it was a big weekend for the Buckeyes, sweeping, getting all six points against the Tommies. But it was a big weekend for the Buckeyes, too, because Minnesota uh, only got one point out of their series with Wisconsin. 
um, which originally Minnesota was above Ohio State in the standings. Ohio State is now number one in the WCHA standings with 66 points. Minnesota is at 63. Now, due to where Ohio State is at right now, the Buckeyes have guaranteed themselves at least the second seed. So they will be playing um, either Bemidji State or St. Thomas. That has been locked um, due to how the standings are. Now, the number one seed, it is it is important. The Buckeyes have never won the Julianne Bay Cup before, and it really depends on who they're going to play in the first round uh, of the playoffs and the qualifiers if they make it to the final faceoff after that. You know, playing Minnesota Duluth versus Wisconsin in the first round of the final faceoff, that's a huge deal as well. And the Buckeyes definitely want to have that number one seed. So let's go through it right now. Minnesota is playing St. Thomas this coming week, um, which if we look at the season's history between Minnesota and St. Thomas, similar to Ohio State has played St. Thomas, um, you know, Minnesota will most likely uh, get uh, a majority, if not all of the points um, because of the series history between Minnesota and St. Thomas in the past. Of course, things can always change, but a lot of people are expecting Minnesota to get to 69 points, uh, which would be the extra six points uh, that they would have. Now, the Buckeyes, they have the opportunity uh, at 66 points right now. They can gain an extra six points, uh, which would get them to 72 if they, when they play Wisconsin this weekend. So here's the thing. If the Buckeyes win out. If they get all six points, they are the Julian by Cup champions. And there's nothing that can change that. It is in Ohio State's hands if they take care of business and get all of the points uh, and get all six points, they will be WCHA regular season champions. Now, all they have to do is get 70 points. So let's say the Buckeyes just get four out of the six points. That would still get them to 70 where Minnesota can only get 69. Uh, so... Four points at a minimum would win the Buckeyes, the WCHA, Julian by Cup outright. Now, if the Buckeyes do in fact only get to 69 points, and Minnesota also gets to 69 points, Ohio State and Minnesota would be considered co-Julian by Cup champions, but in the playoffs, Ohio State would be considered the second seed due to the head-to-head -head tiebreaker between Ohio State and Minnesota. So Ohio State, in order to be the number one seed and win the Julian Bay Cup, they would have to reach at least 70 points this coming weekend. Now, here's the thing. Ohio State's playing Wisconsin, um, and that is not an easy task against uh, this Wisconsin team at this moment in time. It, it will be on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday in Wisconsin on Big Ten Plus. Um, and let's just say, Ohio State, they handled Wisconsin very well in Columbus, but they're going on the road to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, they had adversity. They struggled, um, but they have caught fire at the right time. I mean, they got five out of six points on the road against Minnesota in the border battle. That means that Wisconsin's catching fire at the right time, they are a dangerous team, and when you have adversity and you're able to bounce back from it 
And right now, the freshmen, especially against uh, Minnesota this past weekend, started to get uh, their feet wet and really make a difference on this team. Wisconsin is going to be a formidable opponent. And if Ohio State can get at least four points, then they win the Julian Bay Cup. And, you know, the Buckeyes, of course, they want to sweep. Um, but they at least want to win one game and tie. If they get at least three points, uh, they at least get the Julianne by Cup, even if they would be the second seed and, and co with Minnesota. Um, but, you know, Ohio State, you know, it's going to be a difficult game uh, and difficult two games. But this is going to be a big test for the Buckeyes because they're possibly going to see Wisconsin in a few weeks in Minnesota for the final faceoff. And these teams have to get accustomed to each other. They're rivals. And it's going to be a fun series to watch. Um, and the Buckeyes know what's at stake. Wisconsin, you know, they they know where they're cemented, basically. Um, unless Minnesota loses uh, to St. Thomas. They're in the third spot, but they have their senior weekend. They want to win for their seniors and their families that are there. And Ohio State has to be the spoiler. And that's always the hard thing to do. Um, so we'll see how Ohio State um, can go to business this week and practice and really respond uh, in a big way in Wisconsin. Now let's talk about the Ohio State men's hockey team. Uh, and they went and only got one point um, this past weekend against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They lost on Friday 2-1. to one. Um, and head coach Steve Rollick said this was a tough loss on the road in a hard-fought type game, usual style Notre Dame plays, took advantage of their chances and played with the lead, tried to play catch-up all night, but they, uh, he wanted them to bounce back tomorrow, and that's really the tale of this game. Um, Irish scored the only goal of the first period, and then they made it 2-0 uh, on a breakaway, and like Steve Rollick said the Buckeyes were just trying to play catch up. They couldn't really establish their momentum in the game and really put their foot down um, to try and get the edge. Even though they had the edge in shots 38 to 22, um, they didn't have the momentum despite all those shots. And it just seemed that Notre Dame at home with the crowd pumping, it was going to be hard uh, to come back in that game. And specifically with the Buckeyes, you know, not getting that first goal. It, it was a tough mountain to climb. They weren't able to do it. Um, and that was a difficult loss for this Buckeyes team, especially that they are ranked much higher than Notre Dame. So the Buckeyes would have to come and respond in a big way um, versus uh, the Fighting Irish in the second game. And they did come back and play a much better game, uh, but they skated to a 2-2 tie and then lost in the shootout. So they only got one point uh, out of the weekend. Uh, which is not where this Buckeyes team wanted, especially when they're going to play Michigan and Minnesota to end the regular season. Um, but the Buckeyes, they did something they didn't do in the previous game. They led one nothing after the first period and 2 nothing early in the second. Um, so they started much better than the Friday game, but then they let the Irish get back into it. The crowd definitely helped the Irish. Um, and, you know, on it's important when you have your home crowd there and some of your family's there and you have all your fans, and that really helped the Fighting Irish get back into this game. Um, and once the Irish were able to tie the game, um, you know, they got two goals in less than four minutes. 
that kind of took the juice and the momentum out of the Buckeyes, and they just wanted to go to overtime, could get nothing out of overtime, and then lost in the shootout. Um, so at that point in time, that's just the way it is, and uh, you know the Buckeyes, they're going to want to definitely improve upon themselves, and they have two big weekends where they're going to have the opportunity to do that. And let's start talking about that. So the games now is Ohio State will host number five Michigan, 7 p.m. Thursday in the final regular season game at Value City Arena. Senior night ceremonies uh, will recognize the 13 members of the class of 2023. And then the Buckeyes and Wolverines will head to Cleveland for the faceoff on the lake at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland at 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. That's going to be on Big Ten Network. The Thursday game will be with myself and Caleb Spinner on Big Ten Plus. Um, the outdoor game face-off on the lake, we will have coverage on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio uh, and on our social medias as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great and really fun weekend, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a big outdoor game. Um, but well, you know, it is senior day and it is an outdoor game at the end of the day for the Buckeyes, these are crucial six points, um, that they really want to have. If we look at how things are right now, Ohio state's fourth in point percentage in the big 10 standings at uh 600. If they can get some big points against, uh, Michigan and Minnesota in the upcoming two weekends. That's 12 points on the line. They can leapfrog Penn State, maybe even leapfrog Michigan or Minnesota, depending on how things turn out. If Ohio State can sweep Michigan, then they're in contention for the second and first spot. Um, So it's a crucial weekend. And Ohio State, while they can get caught up in, you know, Senior day and the outdoor game, they have to at the end of the day realize that these are really important six points as uh, the Buckeyes have two more weeks left in the regular season. We do know uh, from pads that uh, Jakob Dobish posted on his Instagram and from what head coach Steve Rollick has told us on our show in the past, uh, there will be a special face off on the Lake jersey um, for the Buckeyes. Very surprised they haven't announced it yet. Um, but we will see how that turns out this week. And we, of course, will post it on our social media when we get it. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for everything, uh, face off on the lake and men's hockey versus Michigan this week. Uh, and of course, tickets are still available. I know for the face off on the lake on Cleveland, I think they're either sold out or very close to being sold out, uh, for the Thursday game. But of course, if you're a student, it is free with your Buck ID if you just go to the game. Um, so I do expect after the Penn State series was a very huge crowd uh, and a sold out crowd, especially on that Saturday game. I think this Michigan game is going to be uh, very huge as well and possibly sold out. Um, so it's going to be a fun game to witness. Before we get into some other big news revolving around the Ohio State men's and women's hockey team. Let's talk about the Blue Jackets after the All-Star break. They only had two games uh, this past weekend. Um, they played Toronto at Nationwide Arena, lost 3 to nothing. Uh, where uh, Tavares, Engvall, and Tavares again scored another goal there. Notice Corpusalo played a great game 
on that Friday one. And then on Saturday, the Blue Jackets won 4-3 in Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada. Elvis Merzlikens played a nice game for the Jackets in this one. Um, but great games all around for this Blue Jackets team, uh, where Boone Jenner, Marchenko, and Corrali, as long, along with Johnson, uh, were able to get goals. Uh, and all around, this was a much better game for the Blue Jackets defensively and offensively. Uh, they're looking to turn it around this week as they will play the New Jersey Devils 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Bally Sports Ohio um, this coming Tuesday, which will be when you're listening to this episode. There will be a Canon Digest episode uh, for that, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, the link is in uh, the podcast description. The Blue Jackets will then play the Winnipeg Jets 7 p.m. on Thursday. Um, which there will not be a Canon Digest episode for that one because I will be calling the Men's Hockey Michigan game, uh, which we already did discuss. Uh, and then the Blue Jackets will go on the road to play the Dallas Stars uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday and Valley Sports Ohio. And then the back-to-back, they will go to Mullet Arena at Arizona State University at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Valley Sports Arizona. Ohio and NHL Network if you're not in the Arizona or Ohio regions. But that's going to be it for the Blue Jackets in this week's focus. But before we end things off, we have to talk about some massive news uh, that came in today right before I recorded the podcast, which was great timing. But we have news now uh, that the Board of Trustees of the Ohio State University are to discuss the construction of a replacement ice rink facility on Thursday and will vote if they will invest um, over $2 million to find a firm and pay a firm to start the design and process for the new rink. And this was something that came pretty much out of the blue uh, that was found on the Board of Trustees uh, public records. And the anticipation of a new rink it will be standalone and here's the thing in the past we were talking about osu ice rink for the women's team would get renovated or the women's team would get their own rink but the men's team would stay in the shop but this plan has both the men's and women's hockey team sharing a brand new standalone arena um which will be very close to the rest of the athletic district um where it's supposed to be right behind uh, the Covelli Center um, near um, the entire district uh, along Fred and Taylor and Defiance Drives. Uh, and this is going to be something that would be huge for this Ohio State program. Um, the plans for the Board of Trustees uh, say the design for the ice rink will begin in April 2023 through April 2024, which is then when they expect to break ground, and the anticipated opening is April 2026, uh, which is great because it gives them a good cushion of if things don't go perfectly right in April, they'll be ready for the 2026-2027 season. So this is Eons away at this point in time, um, no player on either the men's or women's hockey teams uh, will be able to play a full season in this rink uh, unless one of them redshirt or get hurt or something like that. Um, so right now, even though 
we may not see this rink for a while. It is huge news to just show where Ohio State hockey is headed in the near future. Obviously, we've been talking about all season. The women's team, they've been at capacity almost every single game this season. Uh, and being national champions, being at the caliber of team they are, for a rink that was built in the 1960s, the women's team, they needed a big refresh. Their locker room's not even at the ice rink. It's across the hall at St. John. And for the men's team, while they do sell out occasionally uh, to around 9,000 seats, the Sean Steen Arena is not your college hockey facility. It's a tall roof. The energy's not there. And if Ohio State can make an entire hockey facility built for hockey, made for hockey, which is the plan, it's going to be phenomenal. It'll be great for recruiting. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility, I can only assume. Uh, and it's going to be great not only for the fact that it's going to be a hockey-only facility, the fact that the men's and women's teams will be sharing a facility means that they can't be playing simultaneously at the same time, which will mean that they have to alternate weekends, which is great for Ohio State hockey anyway. It was never good at the beginning of the season when they were playing at the same time and on the same weekend. Um, so that is a huge plus as well. Um, and Gene Smith, the athletic director of Ohio State, said we appreciate the Board of Trustees considering this proposal, allowing us to hire an architect to plan this much-needed facility. We are looking forward to hiring a firm to help define program components and to design a state-of-the-art complex that will stir serve our student-athletes and fans. And we've been talking about a new rank for the women's team for a very long time. It is long overdue. It's very exciting. And even though I may not be a student at the time that the ring comes out, I can't wait to see how it turns out. And I'm just so happy for both the programs. Uh, and I know I've been talking about the women's team because they definitely deserve and need a new rink. It really wasn't in the realm of possibility for a while um, that the men's team would be part of this whole package. And that was the surprising part for me because we've always been told that they don't see taking the men's team out of the shot. The shot is where the men's team will play. Um, but I think this is a fantastic decision for the men's hockey team as well. When you look at some of the others, um, Mariucci and Yost um, for Minnesota and Michigan, respectively, those are hard facilities to play in. They are loud. They are just the way the building and the roof is designed. The students get rowdy. They're hard to play in, and that's what Ohio State's looking to do and make a five-star facility with new training facilities and brand-new locker rooms. Um, I think it's going to be great, uh, and it's a huge step for this program. I know some people are like, you know, the money could go elsewhere, back to football and other things like that, but until you've been to a game at OSU Ice Rink and a game at the shot and have experienced them, you know that a new hockey-specific facility is needed for both of these programs. And Ohio State, they finally have been able to show that this is a need and they're taking the right steps. And I know it's a long time. And yeah, the lacrosse stadium, it took them a much quicker time. But the lacrosse stadium is not an ice hockey rink where you need new offices and 
the huge facilities and the ice rink and the cooling and everything that has to go into it, it's a much bigger deal um, than a lacrosse stadium that has stands but no roof on top of it or anything like that. Um, so I understand that it's going to take much longer. Um, but again, we're going to continue to discuss this, um, and we will know by the time we record next week if the Board of Trustees approved this plan. Uh, but nonetheless, this is gigantic news for uh, the hockey programs. We've been talking about it since 614 Check started, and seeing it finally possibly come into a reality uh, is something that I cannot wait to see how it all turns out. But without further ado, let's get right into the rapid headline. Let's now get into the rapid headlines in College Corner here on 614 Check. Just a few things to go over. Bill and Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres agreed to a seven-year, $49.7 million extension. We also know that NHLPA is set to name U.S. Secretary of Labor Marty Walsh, um, who was actually the designated survivor during the State of the Union, as its new executive director, according to multiple reports from The Athletic and others. Uh, we also know um, that, according to Kevin Weeks, a potential stadium series game in Florida next year, the Battle of the Sunshine State between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium is in the works. Uh, so we will see if that is confirmed in the future, but that would be a really interesting game if it did happen. We also know the Leafs announced a contract extension um, with Connor Timmons, a two-year times $1.1 million per year. We also know there was a massive blockbuster trade this week. The St. Louis Blues uh, traded Vladimir Tarasenko and Nikola to the New York Rangers. Um, to four in exchange, a first round pick, a fourth round pick, Sammy Blay, and Hunter Skinner. Um, we also know, of course, that in other trade news, the Arizona Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chikrin is a healthy scratch uh, for the remainder of the Arizona Coyote games that he will ever be in. So basically, the Coyotes said that they will continue to scratch him until they trade him because they don't want him to get hurt. Um, so. As long as he uh, is not traded, he will continue uh, to sit in the press box and watch the games. But that's going to be it for everything on the Rapid Headlines on College Corner right now on 614 Check. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. I hope you enjoyed 614 Check here on the Starland Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. A lot of things to talk about from the huge news of a potential new rank for Ohio State men's and women's hockey, a bunch of new players for men's and women's hockey getting their first goals of their NCAA careers. I was a lot to talk about, and I am so excited for the faceoff on the lake this coming weekend. It's going to be a game to remember. Um, so make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the handle at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. And of course, uh, make sure you listen to our Canon Digest episodes, linktr.ee slash Canon Digest, or click the link in the description. But my name's Zachary Rodier. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>